Welcome to the Paycom Podcast. We are medical management radio for the solo provider and small group physician practice. Paycom is where medicine meets entrepreneurship. Now, here's your host, Carter Lumen. Hello and welcome to the Paycom Podcast, Medical Management Radio. Paycom is the professional association of healthcare office management. And I'm your host, Carter Lumen. Our guest today is Terry Lynn Davis, and today we're going to discuss the importance of the credentialing process and why it's a vital part of your revenue cycle. Terry Lynn is a graduate of Western Kentucky University, where she graduated cum laude with a Bachelor of Science degree in healthcare administration and a minor in business management. She has over 15 years of credentialing experience that includes both payer enrollment and primary source verification. Currently, she is the director for First Assistant Credentialing Services, where she provides nationwide credentialing services for a variety of healthcare providers, suppliers, and facilities with numerous specialties. Terry Lynn loves to share her knowledge so that she can help educate credentialing staff all over the nation. Thanks for coming today, Terry. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Let's start with what is credentialing in the medical field and why is it important? Uh, So today, what I would like to talk about is the credentialing in relation to a provider and a provider office and what, um, what a lot of people in the industry also refer to that as is either payer enrollment or network participation. And basically what it is, is the office and the provider are gathering all of their information, sending that off to the insurance company, and then the insurance company is doing a professional background check. They're just going to make sure that that provider or that office meet the minimum standards to uh, be an accepted provider in their network and in turn be able to see their patients. Okay. And is credentialing something that's typically done in-house? You know, a lot of offices do attempt to do this in-house. It it usually gets thrown on the office manager or the billing person. Um, It's kind of a, it's a necessity. And a lot of times people don't really know who's going to handle it. Um, So the, what we recommend, of course, is to outsource that, to use that as something that you can pass off and let the experts handle it. See if, if they can help assist you, it's definitely something we need the office and the providers to be involved in. Uh, we need their information. You know, they the provider knows their information better than anyone else. But if you outsource it, you have the option to provide all of that information and then let the experts take it from there. Excellent. And and why is that important in the revenue cycle process? Uh, Sure. So in order for an insurance company to ever make a payment to a provider or to an office, that provider and that office have to be both credentialed and contracted. So that insurance company has to determine this provider, this office has met the minimum standards. We've entered a contract and we're going to pay for those services. Um, So a lot of times if you're not credentialed and contracted, but you're seeing patients, you're at risk for no payment for those services or it becoming the patient's responsibility. Um, So it really is a vital piece to the revenue cycle. Okay. You had mentioned having information on file. What if the practice or the provider information changes at some point during the year? And absolutely, because it's going to happen. Very rarely do you not have a change in information (laughs) somewhere along the way. So if you're changing bank accounts, if you're changing suite numbers, if your phone or fax number changes, um, your contact person, that is very, very, very important. If the person who needs to be contacted within your office changes, 
all of these things are information that you need to supply to the insurance company as quickly and efficiently as you possibly can. Um, you not only want to notify the insurance companies, you want to make sure your credentialing person knows, your billing person knows. There are so many pieces to the puzzle. And if everybody doesn't have the same information, there's going to be delays in the process as you go. It does sound like there's a lot of, uh, lot of, lot of variables involved in that. How, mm-hmm. how much work does that create for a practice manager? The pro- poor practice managers, I really do feel for you all because you take on the brunt of the work no matter what it is or what, you know, what angle it's coming from, it's ultimately you are the mama hen of the, of the practice and you, you know, you want to make sure that everybody's where they are, what needs to be done. Um, so the credentialing piece often gets put on the practice manager and sometimes they just don't have the time to handle that. So again, that's why you can outsource that you've got to stay on these gears. So it's not just a matter of filling out a few pieces of paper and sending them out the door. You also have to then follow up on those. We, we suggest every 10 to 14 days, you're calling the insurance company and saying, you know, is it in process? What do you need? How much longer is it going to take? And if you miss, you know, a week or two, all of a sudden it's been a month and that file could have been sitting there and nobody could have touched it. You know, the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. (laughs) Um, So that's definitely, it is very, very true in this industry. Um, Build those relationships with your provider reps. That's something that we do. Um, We have that advantage that we have multiple clients. So we get to work with these reps over and over and over. It's not just a one-time thing. Um, So those relationships are built. And, you know, if we need something done quickly, we can usually make a a few phone calls and ask a few favors. We know who to ask and, and what to ask so that we can get that done as quickly as possible. Gotcha. For those that are currently doing credentialing in-house, are there any best practices for maintaining insurance enrollments? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, if you don't have a software, I would highly suggest that you look into that. Uh, We have developed our own proprietary software that we use. There are several others out there that are very cost efficient. And what they typically do, almost all your softwares are going to keep track of who your provider is, what their information is, what contracts or payers are linked, they are linked to, and um, those recred dates, which we'll, we can talk about because um, they are very, very important. But I've seen people use spreadsheets. Of course, that, you know, it can be very burdensome. So that's why those softwares are highly recommended. Use your calendar, set reminders. Um, don't forget about expiration dates. And then CAQH. CAQH is a, um, it's an online database that allows you to enter all of your provider's information. It does a couple of things. So from the office standpoint, it's going to keep you informed of, hey, your license is going to expire. Hey, your DEA is going to expire. So in addition to getting those notices from those entities, you're also going to get that from CAQH as a reminder. From the other side of that, the payers actually have access to that. So if they have access, they can go in and pull your file electronically and keep up with real-time updates that you're making to your file. You are required to, it's called reattest, which means you go in and say, okay, all of my information on file is correct. Um, That is required every 120 days. So the insurance companies know that you're keeping that updated if that file has been been reattested. And that's what they're looking for, that reattestation date. I got you. And th- that last answer you gave us, you mentioned recredentialing. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that different than the initial credentialing process? It is. So the initial credentialing process gets you set up. And then 
you've got Medicare, which is uh, going to be a little different, and then your commercial and your Medicaid's. So let's start with the commercial. The commercial plans are going to require you to re-credential every three years. So it's an abbreviated process. They don't have to go back and verify every single thing. They're only looking for the information that may have changed. So has work history changed? Do we have current peer references? Um, have hospital affiliations changed? Has the specialty changed in any way? That's, that's a big one. Um, you know, sometimes your providers get additional specialties um, or they get more focused in an area and you've got to keep that communicated to the payers because you definitely want those higher reimbursements if you can get them. That's all important. Again, every three years with those commercial payers, Medicare gives you a little bit more time. It's every five years. Um, And they are very strict on that five-year cycle. It's called revalidation. You've probably heard of it. If you've worked in an office, you get a nice pretty letter from Medicare that says, they usually send them about five to six months in advance that says, this is the deadline. We need you revalidated by this date or we're going to, you know, suspend your billing and privileges. And something to keep in mind on those reminders is they just need the paperwork submitted by that deadline. It doesn't mean it has to be processed by that deadline. Um, But because they're giving that to you six months in advance, go ahead and do that the moment you get it. That way, if you run into any roadblocks or any um, discrepancies in the information, if they have to come back for additional information, you're allowing yourself time to still meet that deadline and make sure that nothing happens that that puts your billing number at risk because you don't you don't want to be without income coming from Medicare, Medicaid, or any of the commercial payers. You definitely want to stay on top of these re- recredentialing cycles. So there is a difference between Medicare credentialing, recredentialing, and commercial insurance. Mm-hmm, yeah, and you know another thing, um, in addition to the timelines being a little different, is is how you do it. So if you've worked on Medicare, you're probably familiar with their. It's called the eight five five forms, the eight fifty fives, and there's a different one for each, um, depending on what scenario you have. And um, they have really gone to using the online portal. It's called Pecos P E C O S. And if you haven't looked into that, I highly suggest it. If you can get that set up, um, you can actually log in. You can see when your dates are coming up or if if there's not a date yet, it'll just say to be determined. And then you actually complete all of your paperwork inside of that portal. They've preloaded it with everything that's already on file. So you're not recreating the will. I know that's very time consuming and frustrating when you get a blank application and they say, tell us what's changed. And you don't even know what they have on file. So Medicare has done a very good job of keeping all of that um, in a centralized location so that you can access that. And then you have your commercial payers that are a little different. Some of them send paperwork and it's usually pre-completed. So um, when I say that, they have said, this is what we have on file. These are, you know, the hospital affiliations. These are the work history. Has any of this changed? Um, Your disclosure questions, they're always going to send those again because they want to know, have any claims been filed? um, Have have any negative actions come against you? So that kind of stuff they're going to keep asking for. And then um, there are some you'll never see paperwork from. Um, Of course, those are usually anybody that accesses CAQH more than likely is going to pull that automatically. And it's just another reason to keep that file updated at all times so that they can pull that. And then you don't ever have to worry about it other than calling and saying, hey, is my re-credentialing done? Do you need anything else? Um, They're going to reach out to you. But um, having that updated, it just makes the process very seamless um, and doesn't put the burden on your office or on you. 
So it seems like on the commercial side, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of it might be online, they might send you paperwork, mm -hmm. it might be a phone call, and that's going to differ between these insurance companies, right? It is, and and again, when you outsource that, I know, I know, I keep saying that over and over again, but when you outsource that to someone who truly knows the process. Um, and knows what each of those insurance companies want, you're not trying to figure that out. You're using somebody who already knows those answers. Um, even if you decide to do that in-house, hire somebody or bring somebody in that knows that process and can help make that a very efficient and smooth process because it just it is so vital to the revenue. Um, if you're not getting paid, your providers are not going to be happy and your practice is not going to survive. So it's, it's definitely a, a vital piece of that revenue cycle. I can see the importance. Mm -hmm. It seems that there's a, a definite connection between credentialing and billing. Why is it important that billing and credentialing communicate with each other? It's very important. You know, the bills that go out have to have the same information that has been provided during the credentialing process. So making sure the billing company and the credentialing company are on the same page or the billing person, credentialing person, if you're doing it in-house, are on the same page is just it's vital to the process. You've got to make sure that the NPIs are correct, the address is correct, the providers are correct. And also what we really like about working with billing companies is they can identify issues that are going on that may be related to credentialing that, that we have no idea about. So we don't know if a claim's being paid um, at a lower rate because the specialty is wrong. Or we don't know that a claim is not being paid for a certain service that really should have been included in the contract and it wasn't. So the billing company or the billing person can watch those claims and really keep a close eye on those items and then come to us and say, hey, you know, this is kind of going on. Have you seen it on, on anything else? Is there something we can do? And we know who to call and ask. And we can make those contacts and, and reach out to the payers and say, look, this is going on. Is there something we can do to maximize the payment? Is the specialty listed wrong? We actually had that um, last week. I got a phone call from a client that said, hey, my patient's being charged a specialty copay and we're a PCP. So we called the insurance company and sure enough, they had just classified the provider wrong in their system. Somebody had just made an error during the loading process. And it wasn't anything that could have been caught other than through the billing. By them paying attention to that and noticing that, we were able to quickly make the correction, get the claim reprocessed, and everybody's happy. So it's very important to, to make sure that all of the pieces, again, to the puzzle are working together cohesively. So really, the, the process isn't just important in the revenue cycle. It, it also affects the patient's checkbook, mm -hmm. potentially, correct? Absolutely. Well, Terry, the Paycom community is, uh, we're grateful for your insight and experience today. Thank you for being our guest. I'm thinking that uh, your contribution today has given you the right to put in a plug for first assessment <laughs> uh, credentialing. Can you speak for a minute specifically about how first assistant benefits medical practices nationwide? Yeah, sure. So um, again, First Assistant is a credentialing company. It is all we do. We don't try to dabble in anything other than credentialing. <laughs> and what that allows us to do is hire um, hire experts in the field, people that know the ins, the outs, the contacts, the process. Um, they know everything. We are very proud of the staff that we have. They are very, very experienced 
employees that have come from, you know, various walks of life and, and bring together some, some great knowledge. Our teams work so well at sharing that knowledge with each other. Uh, if it's a state that one person has never done, I can almost guarantee that somebody on the team has dealt in that state and we don't have to recreate the will. Um, so we just have an invaluable resource that most people wouldn't have because we have a team of experts. Um, so that that's great. And then we stay up to date. You know, we really do keep up with changes within the industry. We get emails daily from insurance companies, from CAQH, from licensing boards. Um, we, we sign up for everything that we can so that we are in the know. We get those notices and we know when changes are coming or when changes take place. And it's something that we're able to pass on to our clients and help them stay informed. Um, it's just something that, you know, we really pride ourselves on is being able to be a collection for all of that information and then share and distribute it amongst our clients. Excellent. And how does uh, practice get in touch with you if they're interested in having a consultation about your services? Sure. I believe our information is listed on the paycom.com corporate member section. So if you go there, you should be able to locate first assistant credentialing. All of our information's there. Feel free to reach out to us by phone, by email. We also have a website, firstcredentialing.com. It's 1stcredentialing.com. Very easy to find. So we would love to help and assist. And even if you just have a general question, we are here to answer that. We, we love to share our knowledge. Um, we're not asking you to, to come be a client. If you just have a really simple question, we are always happy to help you go in the right direction and make the decision that's best for your practice because that's ultimately what we want. That's a nice contribution to the community. Mm -hmm. Well, Terry Lynn, thank you for your time today. We certainly appreciate it. And that wraps up this edition of Medical Management Radio. Tune in next month for a discussion about patient engagement in the digital age. Until then, I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us. Tune in for new shows on the third Wednesday of each month. PACOM is the Professional Association of Healthcare Office Management, home of the nationally accredited Certified Medical Manager. Professional credentials matter. Learn more at PACOM.com. That's P-A-H-C-O-M.com.